Welcome to the Gurus, Books, Beards, and Self-Improvement Podcast, co-hosted by Brian and Andy. And this is the quote of the day. Holding on to anger is like grasping onto a hot coal with the intent of throwing it at someone else. You are the one who gets burned. And that actually is uh, quoted from the Buddha. I like that. I do too. And I think that it was pertinent to this week for me, to be honest with you. There was quite a bit of beard drama Beard drama. You know, beard we ought to talk about drama. Some beard drama. We've not talked about beard stuff in the last couple of episodes. I know. Well, let me tell you about the beard drama. And is some of it's because I'm privy to it from you know groups I'm in and things like that. But I there are people that create fake accounts and then they go after people especially reviewers in this case this one was specifically to reviewers and he added me and he was complaining about another reviewer or reviewers copying other people's material in their videos like copying their style or like adding b-roll <laughs> i'm yeah. like so that's kind of what we do we share ideas uh, that's what creators do. You know, it's like, hey, can I use this in my own way and make it my own? Uh, just like I'm doing lighting right now. I'm really focused on lighting and camera angles. And I got a new lens for B-roll and probably going to buy a new lens for uh, some more YouTube videos. And so you're always trying to up your game up, you know, see what somebody else may be doing and seeing if it could work for you. Right. And that's just part of shared collaboration that we have as reviewers and as artists. And I'm sure as a beard product owner, you run into the same things where you're collaborating with others. And sometimes I think jealousy and which turns into anger, right? Because it's actually, that's kind of the thing that is the cause is I'm jealous of something. What happens as a result is anger. And you run into that so weirdly and you know, it's, you would think beard oil, bearded dudes, why over, but you put a little bit of money in it. You put a little bit of notoriety in it. Uh, you get maybe, you know, some jealous minds who say that person's doing better than me and I don't appreciate it. And then you have anger. And just like to this quote, the only person that burns is you. Yeah. The, uh, the idea that, Holding that coal, like having anger inside, I mean, that does cause issues. Um, that does cause problems in so many different ways. It's, uh, I'm going to link that into some of the reading from this week, if I may. Oh, please do. The, there is a part in the book where, I mean, it goes on pretty extensively where he's talking about how the prisoners at the concentration camps kind of lose their, their hope for life. And then this mind body connection thing, where as soon as their, their hope goes or emotionally, they just don't care. Their health seems to decline and they die sooner. And I think anger also has some physical, like real physical results for you. Like maybe, maybe your immune system gets compromised a little bit more or whatnot, but the cortisol levels and the stress that goes on with that, like anger is not healthy for you, period, physically, emotionally, and you are the one that gets burned. Oh, that's a very good statement. Yeah, it is, and it is very true. It is very true that uh, your mind really dictates a lot of actions, and especially within because if you think about it, your blood pressure is going up. Um, that anger gets you in a rage state where you will say things, do things that you 
normally wouldn't do because you're blinded by anger. That's why they say blind rage because it's blind. You can't, you know, you're just not seeing anything clearly. And I think that lack of clarity uh, creates problems for your life. And you really, in the end, are the one who gets hurt. You, you lose relationships. You use, lose your, uh, you know, sense of self. You may do things that land you into a predicament that you don't want to be in. I mean, people who are angry usually are committing crimes, you know, especially of assault and things like that and end up in doing some jail time, if not longer. You know, yeah. people kill other people over anger. And, and the interest, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that anger is a secondary emotion too. Like it's, it's uh, typically, it's masking something else. Like you said, like if there's jealousy, right? Or maybe they get angry because of that. Maybe they're feeling hurt. Maybe they're feeling less than, right? Feeling not good enough. And so then we turn that emotion or mask that emotion with anger as a way to take some power back, feel better. I actually work a lot with clients on, on this very idea that we need to get in touch with the base emotions behind the anger because otherwise there's, uh, there is going to be some damage done. Absolutely. And I think also realizing this is the one thing I teach students. And I remember I've had students ask me, how do you get off of this ride that you're on? And I brought this up last week, which is like, it's a roller coaster. You're riding up the roller coaster of anger and when you get to the top, you're going to free fall. But how do you catch yourself in those moments before you get to that stage? And it just is becoming more habitually mindful of where you're at, what's coming up, especially identifying the reason for it. Why am I feeling this way? Jealousy. I didn't get what I wanted. You know, it's amazing how simplistic that is. Things from your childhood that come up and that triggered you know, that with the last time somebody told me to do that, I, you know, cause I feel less about myself. I'm going to get angry about it. I'm going to defend myself. <laughs> and, you know, you don't really think yourself out of that problem correctly. So it, anger just boils up and then all of a sudden you're in this full blown rage and now, now things happen. Things that you don't want to have happen, you push people away. Most of the time you push people away. That's my experience is that anger really is, you know, it's, it's, it's a redheaded demon that will push other people away and make you do things you would, wouldn't normally do. Well, and that is truly one of the benefits of anger. You know, every emotion I think needs to be respected and, and it plays a place or has a place in our, in our world and in our life. And if you think about it, if, if, Get down to the instincts. If you're in a life and death situation, anger can be pretty helpful. It can protect you. And that's what it is. It is a coping skill. It is a protective measure. However, it has to be balanced. You know, um, anger at someone because you feel like they did you wrong. That's not life and death. No, and that's the one thing that I remember reading a book on the mind saying that a lot of the fight or flight anger is kind of in that like basic set of, um, of things that happen based off of like some of the, you know, more primitive parts of the brain. And they are there to protect you. Um, you know, all you need to do is get bit by a snake once. And so you're always prepared to get bit by a snake. You know, your mind will see things like, oh, that's, that looks like a snake. It looks, it's a stick, but it looks like a snake. We're prepared for that because the fact that the one out of the hundred, if it was one snake that actually did bite you, that's death, right? Especially if it's venomous. So your mind is always prepared for those extra things. And the thing that has happened is that as we've evolved, we don't need some of those mechanisms on anymore. And so we as humans need to evolve and find different ways of dealing with and responding to things. Absolutely. There's time and place for 
maybe something that would be making you angry so that you can deal with a situation. But most of the time, you know, especially from a Buddhist perspective, there's no place for anger. That's what, at least that's what we teach. But I, but I, I I find it interesting uh, what you said that there, I do find that there's feats of strength that happen out of, you know, Hey, I got to defend my, defend something. I got to go and make sure somebody's not harmed. I, I think that, um, again, it, it's, uh, it depends on the place and the time, right? Mm. Every, every emotion, every, every instinct that we have is there for a reason. And it's just being a little bit, like you said, mindful about it. And you don't want the emotion to control you. You control the emotion, you control your actions, you make your choices. And the problem with anger sometimes is that people use it as a scapegoat to rationalize what they do. Well, I was really angry. I lost my temper. No excuse. No, you control your, your actions. Your emotions don't. And so I think there is a level of um, using anger as a, as a, you know, as justification, like, oh, I didn't have any control. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just really pissed. No, you know, own, own it. You made a mistake. You got angry. So that's the interesting other part is I've had some friends recently who don't want to own some of their mistakes. And that's always such a difficult space is to be like, not really owning it, like tiptoeing around it, uh, making excuses, it's just interesting to me that all they have to do is just own and then find a way to respond in a different way. It is a habit of mind. So it does take time to change what has triggered you into this fit of anger into something that you can respond to because 90, I would say 97 to 98% of the time anger does not, does not help you in any way. I agree. Again, place and a time for everything. Right, right. But uh, you know, I, I would I would recommend to you, our listeners, that if you are struggling with anger, you're holding a grudge against someone, you know, look a little bit deeper at that. What is going on? What is the emotion that anger is masking? Get in touch with that and find a solution. Do you need to talk to someone? Do you need to leave a situation? Do you need to do some more self-care? You know, there's, there's lots of solutions to handle some of these emotions that are uncomfortable, which is why we do get angry because it, it's easier to feel angry and, you know, feels more powerful than say to feel vulnerable, to feel hurt, to feel sad. This is a question I have for you. How about people that are, have somebody that's angry in their life? I get this all the time. So this is my, this is a question that I get. I, I at least once a semester, which is semester is like the three or four month where somebody will come into my class and they will state, how do I deal with somebody who is angry at me? I'm peaceful. I want to be peaceful, but they're angry in throwing anger, you know, doing angry things to me. What is your response to that one? First, we want to make sure that you're you're safe. If they're being violent or aggressive physically towards you, or there's threat of that, really, you 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 just need to find a way to uh, escape that. You know, like if there's domestic violence, something like that, and they're just angry and they take it on you, um, that that is very volatile um, and quite dangerous. And trying to talk them down or talk to them might work. You'd have to really be careful in your approach or what you say. Um, but if it's not that type of a situation, I would take uh, an approach of being very, very vulnerable and saying, you are angry with me. I know that you're angry. I am not sure what I did or how to correct it. Talk to me. I want to make this right. And they're going to get real mad. They'll probably say something to maybe try and cause you to get angry, right? Because people don't like being vulnerable. And the minute you 
you're vulnerable and you're inviting someone else to be real with you, that is inviting them to be vulnerable, to address those uncomfortable emotions. And so, yeah, they might, they might not be up for it. And if that's the case, you know, you can't control them. And as much as you want them to participate in a nice conversation to hash things out, if they don't want to, then unfortunately, there's, there's only a matter of accepting that and maybe setting a boundary and, and saying, I, I can't talk to you unless, you know, you, you, you talk about this because we need to figure this out. Yeah, that's what I, my, so my, my, my first thing I always say is boundaries, set boundaries for what is acceptable for you. And then additionally, what you're saying, um, finding a way to, you know, people in the moment of anger, most of the time are not ready to talk about it. You know, they're in this, you know, they're in this rage moment. So I've also suggested to people walk away find a way to walk away and have a discussion. Hey, you know what? I understand this is really making you mad. And I know that you're right now very mad about it, but can we talk at it in a later time? And actually then also give a time. Don't say in, you know, some, sometime in the future, <laughs> but actually give like, Hey, can we talk about it? And let's look, can we talk about it in an hour? You know, giving a specific time for when you can talk about it. But tomorrow at 1 p.m. Yeah, tomorrow at 1 p.m. We want to talk. But I think the whole point is is to help kind of mitigate that moment when they're because once you're caught up in anger, it's really hard to come down from it. And others can, you know, you've you've been triggered. So you may not, you know, the person who's getting you, you personally, if you're being, you know, if anger's being thrown at you from another person, you may not understand where it's all coming from. But I think mitigating it sometimes, you know, walk away, say, you know, can I have a conversation at a later time? Mm -hmm. I know that that sometimes works. Sometimes it just, I, I think the biggest thing is for me also is the antidote to anger is love. And it's hard to, when you're loving on somebody, to be hating on them and angry at them, in my opinion. Yeah. And maybe, and, and it's tough, again, if they want to be angry and you're doing everything right, you're, you're talking assertively and gently and kindly, but assertive. Right. And they don't want any of that. Yeah. Then you do have to walk away. And, and you might have to be you know, very, very firm in, in that decision. Uh, boundaries. Maybe you say, I will not be able to talk to you while I'm feeling attacked. I statements are extremely important in that regard. Cause you say, you know, while you are angry, they might feel attacked and then they're going to maybe explode even more. Right. <laughs> I language so we is could... always very important. I language, very, very important. Yes. And, you know, we could do a, a full podcast on, on that. Maybe we will in the future. Yes, indeed, indeed. But yeah, so the, the anger, it does have a place, in my opinion, it does have a place, but it has to be in many ways uh, thought out and, and you have to be careful with it. I think that the biggest thing is, is respond, response. Uh, there's knee-jerk reaction, which is normally comes out in anger. But if you can learn how to respond, responding means that you take a pause to think about the situation. Sometimes immediate things, and I think that there's some immediate things that have to happen now, but a lot of times they don't. You know, giving it a, a real pause and seeing where it's coming from is always a really good way of uh, dealing with it. So I think that, yeah. but I mean, rule know. of thumb, majority of the time you, there's, there's better ways to handle things than getting angry. Absolutely. Majority I call the them, time. I call them adult temper tantrums. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, my, that's my thing. That's, that's what sometimes I think. So this is, in, so that was the quote of the day and it kind of almost and indirectly kind of talks about what is interesting about this book 
up to this point to me. They're in this situation. Now they really can't do anything about it. They can't getting angry about the situation. They are in this situation. And the interesting thing is, is that anger is never brought up in this book. It's, you know, this is what we went through. And it's almost in a matter of fact tale, almost in some sort of, I mean, the way that they talk about it is just very matter of fact at times where this is what's happened. And I think that that's the way that he had to take a look at it was that it was a, that some of this is just facts. This is what has happened. I can make meaning of it later, but I don't ever think that he ever says, and we're so angry at, at them. Yeah. Almost like there's like this uh, cognitive dissonance with it. Right. It's like, I think that's what yeah. he states. And that's almost like where it was at. I think about almost, I don't know if I've, I've been in deep depressions before especially when I was like a teenager, I remember being in a very big depression, a very bad spot. And you felt like you were just going through the motions. And that's kind of where I get at this. And he's, he's talks about herding animals at one point, like, you know, they're just trying to avoid the barking dog as best as possible. And interesting to me. Yeah. You know, he, he does talk a little bit about fights that take place when people are hungry and irritable and their needs aren't mm. being met. They're more likely, right? It does become more difficult. That's why they're called basic needs. You need those things before you can do a little bit better. Right. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. I think that he does bring up some of the fights, but it's, it's over what you're talking about. Like the basic needs are not being met. So some of those higher things like getting angry over somebody, you know, it's like you're mad about somebody taking your bread because you're surviving. You know, if I don't get that bit of bread today, I die. Um, it's interesting because in all of this is chance. I don't and I read, I'm reading the audible, so I don't know where it leads off, but uh, in your book, what was the last part of your. So the, the last part, according to the pages that we're reading, were uh, supposed to be around page 83. And at that time, it's really talking a, a lot about beginning to make meaning from all of this and that people that could find meaning in the suffering were more likely to survive. He gave an example of a man who would pray at night that would say, if my suffering can be some kind of sacrifice for the benefit of others, you know, like his family, you know, then that made him feel like he could get through it. It's like he had to pay this price in order for his son to stay alive or whatever like and even if it was true or not you know the fact that you 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 just kind of come up with some meaning right i mean that's what it is it's coming up with some reason for why you're going through and there's a quote in there that says you know if there's a why then you can get through any how absolutely true absolutely true and those are so tanking from ancient wisdom i know especially from buddhist philosophy that is what makes our lives meaningful is to know that life is suffering there is always going to be suffering happening but making meaningful choices will make the suffering make sense it will gives you, you know, we are in this space to give benefit to others. And he was, he points that out right there. That's a very big statement. If I can take on this suffering, then maybe it will do something for somebody else. And it, it honestly, that's very Christ-like at that point as, as well. I mean, it's, that's the, the suffering. Yeah. The passion of the Christ right there. Um, if you I'm think about the it. Cross, right? Right. So, <laughs> Yeah, um, and, I, and I don't like bringing up a lot of religious statements, but that's exactly what that that ancient wisdom is, is taking on the suffering of others 
to benefit, you know, not only yourself, but other people around you. And he, he really, you know, it's interesting because he does that several times where he goes back to the camp. He's about ready to escape. He has this rucksack with this guy and he says, you know what? There's this guy that is sitting there and he's the reason why I've been, you know, I, I brought him along with me on my journey. I made sure he was going to be okay. And then he decides that, that he had to go back to help this guy because that's what made his life meaningful. Even though his personal freedom was, he could have been hit, hit out in the woods or something for a while. Who knows what would have happened, but he did go back to the camp, even though he knew he was going back to the suffering, but it was to help and be a benefit to this guy who he thought he could save. Well, that's, that is really interesting because he, he says that he decided to take his fate into his own hands in that moment. Right. And there's a lot of this, um, idea of destiny and fatalism, you know, what is, what is it that is going on in life like are are you predestined for a certain ending and does it really not matter what you do and and um kind of had this uh nihilism too in it all right where people were like what's the point what's the meaning there's no meaning in life like there's no <laughs> and, and that's where the fatalism comes in you know it's like well whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen so why why do anything? Why try? And he, our author, you know, Victor Frankel, he's like, no, like fate, you you, you can kind of control that. You can kind of pick and choose what happens. You know, maybe in the end there are some things that can happen, but maybe it's like a pick your ending kind of story, you know, where there's a predetermined end, but only based on what you choose in the moment. What you choose changes. Well, I think there is this element that we all have choices and some of it is luck. You know, I've been in situations, but sometimes you make your own luck. What he had decided was he was going to not run away. He was going to take what fate had given him, what cards were dealt to him. He was in this concentration camp. He was helping typhoid patients, right? Mm -hmm. And that was meaningful to him. And because he was helping others, he found meaning in it. And that he said, that's my lot in life. I'm here to help other people. It's interesting because I think of people like Mother Teresa, who were was in the ghettos of Bangladesh, helping people, seeing the sick every day, dying around her all the time, but always keeping a very positive can do i'm here to be a benefit to others and a you know i think that he's saying that that that's what my fate was is to be that to be a benefit to others running away from it wasn't going to solve it for him so he said i'm going to head on right into you know right into the right into it (laughs) and and whatever happens happens at that point i think if we did more of that our lives would be we would find more meaning. I agree. That brings to mind another thing that is mentioned in, in this week's reading, where he says people spend, I'm, I'm paraphrasing and probably putting, putting a little spin to this. So these are not the exact words, but basically he's saying like people are expecting too much from life. They expect life to, happen for them or they you know they want something to happen but perhaps there is this idea of that life is expecting more from you mm-hmm. you know so what does life expect from you and will you rise to the occasion Powerful. will you will you fall victim of the circumstances around you or will you rise above that will you allow life um to happen and because i I do think that it's an opportunity you know whether you believe in in god or a powerful spirit or just the universe whatever it is you know or you don't believe in anything 
I do think that there are basic rules and laws that govern things, right? It's physics, science, whatever you want. But I think that sometimes things happen for a reason. That's just my own personal view. And, and you can absolutely choose to say, what is life wanting me to learn? Like, what is the universe wanting me to get out of this? Absolutely. I think everything's a lesson. I think that, uh, I definitely think that we're, we have the ability to rise. And I think that those are the things that test us or these events that happen. And they're all, it's amazing when you think about it that the things that are the hardest things to go through are the biggest teachers. I always tell people that the people that are the most difficult, the most angry, the most, you know, most hardest in this case, I would say even the, um, the SS, the Nazis at this point gave him an excellent, as much as it, it was horrific. But if you take a look at, what lesson and what he was able to do with that. He was able to write a profound book to help others. And especially with one of his, the most profound books of all time. Right. Because of what he dealt with and he was able to explain out of this depth of sorrow and suffering, he was able to find meaning. And, you know, I think that that type of thing is, what we are called for and we can rise to that. I think that he rose to the occasion. And I think that so many times we have that ability as well. Just what you're saying. Absolutely. You're right. And it's, it's going to be difficult. You know, it's, it's, um, it's expected that there will be some failures along that way. At the very end of the reading, Victor talks about how he basically gave a speech to his, his fellow prisoners, trying to lift them up, trying to give them hope, trying to give them reasons to live. You know, he talks about a lot near the end of the reading about people that are experiencing suicidal ideation and, and trying to help them figure out reasons to live. And he says that he realizes he probably missed out on lots of opportunities where he could have said something and saved someone's life. Or he could have brought hope or he could have been, you know, this beacon of light because of what he knew and, and, you know, his abilities. But then he says he was tired a lot. He was hungry a lot. He wasn't always in the mindset to recognize the opportunities. Right. Well, they call that survivor's guilt, right? Yeah. Of all the things. And, and there's a Schindler's list, the very end of it where Oscar Schindler, I think that's the name of the, of the character. I think he right. um, is going through the extreme sadness about, he could have paid somebody, he could have done this. He could have, this would have got one more person in here. If I would have just paid this, I would have just done that. And the one lady just says, but look what you did. But look what you did. And, you know, he has a, that Schindler's list was, Basically, you could see that the, the generations of people that were benefited by, by him trying to save just a certain amount that he did and how profound it was. And I think that's exactly what we can say Viktor Frankl did too. And that's really, I, I think, a, a super important thing is uh, that you can choose what side to, to focus on. You can focus on the negative side or you can focus on the positive side or the meaningful side. And so uh, you guys out there listening, take take a moment, you know, and, and think like, is there anything going on lately that maybe instead of being irritable or annoyed with or angry at, could you flip it around? Could you look at the positive? Could you say, what is it that is going on that I can, you know, what can I learn from this? Is there meaning to this? In what way can this help me be more empathetic maybe to other people that are struggling? It's okay to prefer that you don't go through that. And I think that that is totally okay and, and kind of necessary in order to, to make it through it. 
and also having having that acceptance that what is happening is happening you can either let it get the best of you or again you can rise up to the occasion and that that is not easy that is not easy but so, meaningful but meaningful yeah so take a take a look at your life what is what is uh, i i'd, I'd, I'd kind of like to shift to this right like what is your reason for living what is what is the meaning for you right and it's not necessarily uh these sense he even talks about like you know maybe that's not the best question what is the meaning of life because it's going to be different for every single person but um what would be your reason for living what can you bring to the world because it's really a give and take what can you bring and perhaps it is kind of like a law of attraction what you put in is what you'll get out karma if you will absolutely so let's shift um you need to talk a little bit more about beard stuff i think (laughs) podcast we say books beards and self-improvement we've done a lot of book and we've done a lot of self-improvement let's talk beards so i got some exciting news we are so my company high mountain sage beard and hair company is uh currently in the process of creating some new scents and creating some new products we're working on creating a butter been working on that one for a while it takes time to get the right blend we've got some really good scents coming up though that i want you guys to be aware of and uh we've got one that is tonsorium that's kind of like a that's a fancy word for barbershop in case oh, you didn't know. Oh, I yeah, know. so tonsorium. We've got some bay rum, some sandalwood. Really, really just classic barbershop type of scent. Yeah, so I'm love. looking forward to releasing that one. We also, I, I recently made a blend that is basically straight scents of tobacco. All different kinds of tobacco. And uh, got Cuban tobacco, sweet tobacco, pipe tobacco, um, tobacco absolute. So we'll we'll uh, hopefully begin that stuff out. That's exciting, man. That's exciting. Yeah. I love tobacco. I did not think I was gonna like tobacco. I am more fond of the earthier leaf tobacco, like it's drying in the shed, and you get that that earthy smell that you're getting out of the tobacco leaf. I really enjoy that. But I have had some other tobaccos that I enjoy. I just didn't think I would like it. You know, and, and a lot of people like, oh, it doesn't smell like it doesn't smell like a cigarette. It's no, not at all. Like, I, not at it, all. yeah, it's a very nice, nice. It's very nice, earthy <laughs> scent, <laughs> and it is to me just it is very nice. Uh, a lot of people put strawberry tobacco, cherry tobacco, you know, a little bit of different scents, but different scents of tobacco. That I don't know if anybody's done that. I don't know if anybody has taken other scents because usually it's like, okay, this is straight a tobacco scent. That is, it is straight up. Like I'm just mixing everything. And I love I it. Really, I, I think there's six oh, man. different um, scents. And for I, people who don't I'm know what High Mountain, Sa- sorry, um, I, people who don't know High Mountain Sage, he doesn't put anything out unless it is in that superior quality. And I, 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 and I do think that your scents are a little lighter. I think your scents are a little lighter, but that to me is good because a little bit of lighters, you know, I can't handle the overwhelming, like give you a headache scent. Well, you know, our tagline is subtle luxury. We want to bring you guys a product that, you know, is luxurious smelling that does smell uh, a cut above the rest and um that feels like it's a cut above the rest in in the beard no i'm not gonna claim that we're the best you know i'm uh, doing you guys the best are you guys can, are up though. there you guys are up there and i i put you guys in my top my tops you know i did like a top video this year um i put you in top new company one of the top new yes, companies of you. 2020 because of the fact that and honestly, your bomb, it to me is the mo- one of the most nourishing bombs that's out there by far over the top. Um, I like your oil, yes, but what really, really I like about your company is two things. Your soap is amazing. 
um, it bubbles in your, you can feel the tingle and the cleanliness happening in your beard while you're cleaning. It just has this effervescent type of thing that happens in your beard. I love his soap. And then the second thing is that bomb. I wasn't prepared for the bomb. I was like, this is good. I mean, it is, it is just so nourishing. And when it's in beard, yeah, just, just awesome. And I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of both your original and your treatment. So just nice. And then, you know, I, I really enjoyed, um, and I know a lot of people have enjoyed smoking jacket. That, that is definitely, um, that was our first scent branching out into more, I guess, stronger, longer lasting scents. We, we broke away from just pure, essential, like natural um, fragrance. Um, and we kind of got more into the cologne-like type of fragrance. Some, so, oud, some oud's in there. I like the oud. I love, I'm, you, know, you can't go wrong. Well, you can go wrong with oud. <laughs> there's people who are doing like triple oud. You have to really like oud to be doing triple oud because there's different types of oud that can can be overpowering to me i have one that just will stay in your beard all day and after a while you just are like so tired of oud you're like oh it's great but i don't i like yeah (laughs) (laughs) it it does have to be careful it it has it has a cologne ish at like it that's the reason what it's known for it has this it adds an accent and i think that with you that's exactly what it's an accent not the smell that's going to make your beard you know, it's going to make yeah. it amazing. This oud is just going to ooze from your beard. And, and that's what I, subtle is the correct term. I love well, it that way. And, but you know what I did have, and I'm going to say this, I did have a tester of, I don't know if you're going away from the barbershop tester that I had, but I got compliments on it. I got compliments. Yeah. It. So it's going to be very similar. There's a few things to mag in there. I think, I think the key to any good, scent whether it's for cologne soap beard products the key to it is to have it be layered you Uh, need to have some something going on like at the base note or the middle note uh, because that top note is going to disappear pretty quick but um got to have those layers and and if you can find you know, I mean, if you find your favorite scent, the one that you keep going to, the one that is like, oh, that is, that is, that is the one. It's probably got a whole bunch of different stuff going on. Layers, like a, like a, a good, a good, you know, quadruple cake or whatever. <laughs> like, well, that's what know, adds to like, the complexity. More layers. Like... Yes, complexity. That's the word I should have been using. Yes. Yeah. That's and that's what exactly what I think that as a artist, because this is art, this is artistry. What you're talking about, it's not just throwing sandalwood and some carriers together and then you present. This is something to put in your beard. The real art that goes into beard products is the mixing of it in different levels of complexity. You know, this my favorites are the ones that change over time, and yours is one of them especially smoking jacket to me, it changes as it ages in your beard. So you'll have it first hit. You'll, you'll get this, you know, get that oud smell. You'll get some other, some of that smoke. And then it will kind of, kind of go down to a different, I think even a different layer of smoke to me. So I had um, pomegranate, top note with the with the with the oud and yeah it right. does it does get down to more of a woodsy yeah you know what i'm talking yeah kind of a woodsy yeah. smell with some smoke in it that that's what and it, it but it changes over time that first that pomegranate and that oud just hits you you're like ooh, nice nice and then it just changes over time which is which is the, the sign of a good artist and it takes time to find this stuff. I don't, you know, probably took you months, especially with barbershops. Everybody's done barbershops. And finding Everyone and their dog and, and yeah. doing something that's been done before, but doing it in your own way and making it stand out, making it unique. That, yeah. you know, that is, that is 
well that's the art that's the art yeah that's the art and then making it you're putting your stamp this is my barber shop i love that man i love that i am not i I hope that that wasn't too annoying for the listeners well some people are here for the beard some people are here for the (laughs) the self-improvement but you know we have a little bit of everything that's the reason why we uh, talk about it but the cool thing about it is, is that um, it is almost time to probably jet. And but I do want to keep us accountable here. What? How is your vegetables? Was your so for smart goals? Uh, Brian is doing two or three vegetables a day. Servings. Yep. Trying to get Sir, the the, right. the max, you know, the recommended amount. I. Hmm, I have to say this week was a little bit tougher. You know that two week mark. Mm-hmm. it's real it's real <laughs> i i i need to get back on track which is why i'm glad that we're doing this um you know accountability part of the podcast like it's still only january and mm-hmm. uh these new year's resolutions are for the year so just because you fall off the bandwagon a little bit doesn't mean it's done and over and you can't just hop back on like, well, right. Truth. And I think also it's, it's, those are the part of the journey is to see what is working, what's not working, especially, you know, it's the first couple of weeks. It's really kind of like new. Um, it's exciting. And then it's not so exciting anymore. It's like going to the gym, you know, now I really have to put in the work and now I have to be habit of mind change to make it more legit to where it's becoming a lifestyle change. And that's what you said last time is this is a lifestyle change, not just a, I'm going to do this for a year. Yeah. It's, it, it has to be a lifestyle change if you really want to make a, a difference in your life. Yeah. So uh, what about you? How are you doing with your goals? So my goal is to grow my channel. Uh, the interesting thing is this. So I really focused this week on some TikTok, uh, kind of a social media. If people don't know what it is, it's like making videos, but I found what really works is ridiculous is doing um, reaction videos. I have had so much more correspondence with reaction videos. So somebody makes a video and then you just add your reaction to it. (laughs) Like you play their video while you're next to it and you make a reaction to it for that minute or 15 seconds or whatever it is. And my view counts have gone through the roof since I did started doing that. And I'm still making the cute little, like I made a shorts video through TikTok, which is a shorts video is like a minute or less on TikTok. And I do like my morning routine. And today it was more like a Sunday thing was to be reminded of how even putting beard oil is a, can be a spiritual event for you is a mindfulness event, you know, getting that Right. Feeling that good feel in your beard with good oil and then putting in the butter and how it feels to comb through it and just be rejoicing in the fact that I am, you know, I am male. I can grow a beard. I enjoy what it has brought to me. A lot of very good friends, podcast. (laughs) No, you just reminded me of what beard swag, his videos when he is testing out the uh, the product, man, <laughs> talk about making it seem very, very, oh, I don't even know the word for it. <laughs> it just seems so nice. He's like rubbing it, inhales deeply. <sighs> it's just like, man, if you ever wanted to have, you know, someone experience of the, the beard oils, if every time you did it like that, you're going to be in heaven on earth. You know, he's, like he really it's almost like an it. ASMR thing, right? Where you're just in that sensation. But he's he legitimately is like that. I, I know Mike personally, um, Beard Swag in the community. He's now Beard Swag Barbecue. Uh, he's also right. doing a lot of barbecue content, which is, I, I can't, his barbecue looks amazing. He bought a smoker this last year and he's just all about making really amazing he's about trying out new products, but then also really going down with this barbecue smoking and he makes some amazing looking things. He has like, he bought the other day, this amazing amount of spices that I'm like, Oh my 
goodness, it looks so good. It takes a picture and you're just like, I want to eat it now. And that's exactly what, as a video content creator, you want to get people drawn in through that. And he has done an excellent, excellent job of doing it, to your point excellent job of doing it making you feel like you're there with him trying out this product and you're part of his family we That's gotta have of... him there's a shout out to you mike if you're listening we're <laughs> we might have you on the show at some point that'd be no, great absolutely he's a he's a he's a he's one of he's one of the best guys in the beard community in my opinion um, and he's, he's, you know, what's really, I really liked about him and what really took me aback was there was some beard stuff going on, some drama, and he just took it upon himself to say, we're better than this. Let's love on each other. And it changed everything. And it, it goes back to, you know, where anger, the, the antidote to anger is love. And so I'll, I'll leave it at that, that that's what really goes back to last week and kind of ties in together but love is the antidote you know loving other people with all your heart and just loving on them in action uh, amen you, you can't beat that yeah you can't beat that yeah. so and I, and I do think that that is a, that is a good place to to stop really so we we thank you for listening to us listening to our uh gurus books beards and self-improvement podcast Please check out our other, um, oh, what is it called? <laughs> other episodes. <laughs> other episodes. Thanks. Well, we yes, got some more episodes. episodes. Other episodes. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, so check out our other episodes. Um, check out highmountainsage.com. Follow us on Instagram, hashtag highmountainsage. Follow this podcast, um, hashtag gurus podcast. Send us an email. Podcast one at gmail.com you can follow andy and and all of the stuff that he's doing on instagram hashtag the bearded practitioner and um, look him up on tiktok and youtube yeah all under the same handle and then i also want to remind everybody that we are coming into mid-january but next month's book is just around the corner so power of now eckhart tolle actually have one of my good friends already reading it said she was halfway through it and has just absolutely been blown away by it so uh i look forward to that book in february and yes look us up enjoy your time with us this is what we're doing this for is that we want you to be able to you know go look at our social media connect with us in any way that you feel like you want to and we're always here for you guys. So uh, all I'm going to say is beard on. Yeah. Stay bearded. <laughs>